often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 448. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht. And, uh, my mic sounds a little weird. Maybe it's all in my head. Probably in my head. There we go. I think that sounds better. Add some gain. Add some gain. I'm once again inside the Slapbox bunker. Maybe only for a few more weeks. Maybe a month. Not sure how long that's going to be. But, uh,. Shouldn't be too much closer to getting Neon abode as uh, should hopefully build something somewhat of a studio if I can afford it. I know that lumber prices are through the roof, and if there ends up having to be any lumber involved, it could get pricey. Don't know if I'll have quite the funds to do anything too crazy, but uh, I should maybe... Maybe be able to, you know, throw a few sheets up and uh, kill some sound maybe with the sound panels again. I've looked into how to make some, like, pretty decent sound panels. But again, it requires lumber. And right now, lumber is costing a pretty penny. I think I heard something like 100. It's gone up 170% something. I don't know. Something ridiculous. Beyond ridiculous. Hmm. But, uh, oh, I, I am uh, officially over the hill, as uh, last Wednesday was St. Hattie's Day, and uh, me me turned 40 years old, and uh, my big plans for the day ended up being uh, getting my car worked on, which uh, I gotta say, unfortunately, didn't quite solve the problem, but... Uh, I went up to RPM Car Care, I believe is the name of the uh, mechanic there up on uh, Manchester Road in, uh, I believe that's Brentwood, and uh, it's in Missouri, of course. Uh, and I really did like the mechanic. I've never had quite an experience with a mechanic like this. When I took the car there, the uh, the check engine light was back on which was the main reason, like, the car was run- wasn't running too terribly, so, like, I wasn't, I wouldn't have just, like, taken it in had it not been for the check engine light appearing yet again. And, uh, I went over, I had talked on the phone with them about what was going on with the car. It was idling rough. Uh, it, it stalled it sometimes. Only a couple of times did it really stall, but, uh, and, uh, I had told them the codes that showed up whenever I scanned the car. And yada yada, I explained to them that I had the fuel pump change and all that good good stuff. And uh, then so I, when I took it in, it was like 8 a.m. on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, had to get around to working on it. They had plenty of other shit to do. So I uh, just walked around. I ended up walking like nine miles that day while my car was getting worked on. Got soaked too. It started fucking raining at one point. That was just, uh, that was a bit rough, you know. Maybe not exactly what I would have envisioned for a a good birthday. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good or bad sign to start out my 40s just walking in the rain. Uh, But, um... 
after walking for a couple of hours, as it was, uh, they had contacted me and let me know that like they were having problems finding anything like wrong with it when they were scanning it and stuff. And uh, I ended up walking back to the uh, the shop there and uh, had a good long conversation with the mechanic and he had ended up having me uh, drive the car, got in the car with me. And like, I explained what was going on with the car. Like I've never had a mechanic do this. We drove around for a bit, trying to see if we could get the car to idle rough or like stall and stuff. And it just wasn't working out. <laughs> it wasn't working out. I think that possible that, uh, there, well, he, he had mentioned, and I had read this in, uh, a few forums and such on the Mini Coopers of that specific generation that uh, they have an issue with uh, carbon buildup because it is a direct injection engine that uh, there tends to be carbon buildup on the injectors, the fuel injectors, and that can really uh, act as a sponge apparently and uh, hinder your performance of your vehicle, as you say, as you would say. But like he... Uh, may have mentioned a little bit while on our drive, but then when we got back to the shop, he actually let me walk back into the shop and showed me an engine that they were cleaning out the carbon, like went in there and like showed me like, this is what's going on. This is like, I was pretty impressed with that. And then, uh, he ended up like resetting the check engine light for me and then using his Euro tool at the end. And, uh, had he not used the Euro tool and me give the option not to do it, but like he wasn't even going to charge me anything, but then, he had to charge me for doing that and resetting the codes. But, uh, and then I got a phone call like yesterday, I guess, when I was at work. And from them, I was like, oh shit, like I never had a me- mechanic <laughs> call me after <laughs> taking a car to them. Because uh, he was concerned that they didn't fix the problem, couldn't like narrow down exactly what was what was the issue. But I got a call actually from, I guess, the receptionist. Or somebody that somebody that works in the shop wasn't the mechanic that worked in my car, but they did call to see how things were, and I I saw that they'd call me, and I didn't answer the phone, so I was uh was not on break yet, and uh, my initial thought was like, oh fuck, do I still owe them more money? <laughs> like, just not used to a, a mechanic calling, but yeah, uh, no, it, thankfully it uh, did not did not uh, happen. Uh, they didn't need more money. It was just a a courtesy call, I guess, seeing that if my car was still doing all right. And uh, <clears throat> so far, the check engine light stayed off. I know that there's some foam stuff that I can spray into the engine while it's running, and it should clear out some of that carbon. Uh, I know to properly clean it, you got to take like the I think like the whole a good chunk of the engine apart to be able to like get to the injectors and clean them properly. But uh, I know there's some foam I can't spray into there while the car is running and they suggest to not leave it in there for very long. Like do it uh, before, uh, before changing the uh, oil because you don't want the foam to stay in there for an extended period of time. But uh, I have not done that yet. Probably do that around May or so. And uh, yeah, we'll give that a go. But, uh, I was re- I was really impressed with the mechanic, and unfortunately though they're only open uh, Monday through Friday, and open till 5 p.m. and it's like a 45 50 minute drive for me to get there, so I basically have to take off work if I want to take my car up there. 
Uh, but I definitely felt like uh, like if I need stuff done to the car, like they know what they're doing at least. And uh, <clears throat> even though my, this specific issue wasn't straightened out, uh, from what I understand, it is a like uh, idling rough is a common problem with these this generation mini, and uh, could be can be hard to narrow down just exactly what the issue is. But uh, but yeah, RPM Car Care up on Manchester Road. That ended up eating up a good chunk of my day for the most part. And man, I was tired after that after walking nine miles and soaked. I was so fucking wet. Ooh, I was so wet. Uh, <laughs> but it wouldn't have been so bad had it just been a little bit warmer. I wish it would have been just like I don't know, ten, fifteen degrees warmer. That would have made it a lot, lot uh, less miserable. But I did. Uh, I didn't get uh, corned beef and cabbage. I had a few Guinnesses that day, and my uh, mother and I did hit up Red Robin, which I hadn't been to in years. Uh, I do enjoy some good Red, Red Robin. I had me a Guinness there, and uh, had uh, the Royal Red Robin Burger, which has got the uh, fried egg on it, which is some good stuff. Now my go-to is either the Royal Red Robin or the Bonsai. When I go there, generally I'll get the freckled lemonade. But since it was St. Pat's, I had to do at least something Irish. I got me the old Guinness. I did have some corned beef throughout the week, though. I've been eating that for uh, my sandwiches. We got a little corned beef on there. No, uh, no cabbage or sauerkraut, but have had the uh, lunch meat uh, from the, the Boar's Head from Schnooks. And. Uh, so yeah, and my uh, my roommates sang happy birthday to me uh, that night as well while I was uh, <laughs> drinking a Guinness and eating some Ben and Jerry's. You know, real real good birthday meal there. <laughs> Does kind of remind me of Steve Martin uh, in The Jerk when uh, at the very beginning it's his birthday and his uh, his his mother tells him that he's he's white. <laughs> he finds out he's he's gonna stay that color. But uh, she's like, I made your favorite meal, Twinkie and a tab. <laughs> I guess mine would cost a little bit more than that. But I don't know. Is tab still around? <laughs> uh, but I also, another thing I did, I don't remember if I did it. I may have waited till Thursday. It might have been St. Patty's night. But on sale on the PlayStation Network was the Leprechaun Saga. It's, uh, it's more than a trilogy. There are eight fucking Leprechaun movies. Although the last two aren't really related to the others. As they do not have Warwick Davis. I haven't watched the last two yet. I, uh... Before getting the series, I know I had seen like two or three of them. (laughs) But there are six of them with Warwick Davis. And I had seen... I know number one and number two. And then maybe one of the... the, Back to the Hoods movies. There's like two of those that are involved in going to the hood. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) I don't remember them being too great, but yeah, I'd seen at least one of the fuckers, uh, before. One of the in the hood. Maybe both of them. I don't know. I know. I love Warwick Davis. I love that motherfucker. I mean, started out as Wicket. On Return of the Jedi, the uh, little Ewok that uh, first encounters... He's the first Ewok to encounter Princess Leia. And uh, he was a 
young child then. Because that was uh, early 80s when that movie was made. And uh, he's 51 now. So I'm going to do the math on that. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> yeah, and then he was Willow Offgood in uh, the movie Willow. As uh, he's also, I think it's Life's Too Short or something along those lines. Something uh, There's the Ricky Gervais show that uh, revolves around Warwick Davis. That I think I've seen like one season of it. I'm not sure. I've, I know I've seen some of it. That show is pretty fucking funny. I believe it's that where there's the episode where Liam Neeson is uh, doing like a pitch meeting with Ricky Gervais. And he's very serious deadpan talking about uh, why Steven Spielberg chose him for uh, Schindler's List. Because he likes to make lists and it's it's pretty great classic shit. But uh, anyway, back to Leprechaun. I haven't gone through and watched every film, but I have went through, I'm almost through the fourth one now. Um, now I gotta say, I mean, obviously the first is kind of, the you know, holds a lot of respect just because it's, it's the first of the films. However, and it's got Jennifer Aniston in before she was, before she was Rachel and, uh, before anybody knew who she was. Uh, but, uh, that being said, I think the best so far of the films I've seen, I think the Empire Strikes Back of the Leprechaun series has got to be Leprechaun 3. That is the one that takes place in Vegas, and uh, Warwick Davis' is limericks in that one as the Leprechaun, they're the best. I mean, he's got some killer lines in that one. Although, I do love the uh, end of the original. This isn't Warwick Davis' line. But there's uh, a <laughs> the kid that kills the leprechaun in the original film uh, does say that uh, <laughs> fuck you lucky charms <laughs> as uh, then he goes on to kill him. He shoots him with a bullet that has a if I remember correctly a four leaf clover on the bullet and that or maybe just th- tosses oh no it was a slingshot slingshot yeah I just watched it the other night he's a slingshot with a rock. It had a four-leaf clover on it, and it took him out. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff. The, the tagline here on the Leprechaun 3 that goes to Vegas. Okay, Leprechaun 1, you show up, and uh, he, he got Warwick Davis gets captured, you know, uh, by, uh, I guess, an Irish dude, old Irish guy, goes to Ireland. He's an American or living in America. He's definitely got an Irish accent. I know that. But he goes – he somehow catches – a leprechaun. You don't see how him catching the leprechaun. You just see him already at home. He's got the fucking gold. He's fucking around with the leprechaun. Uh, and Warwick Davis, as the leprechaun, kills his wife, you know. And uh, <laughs> then uh, the old dude, like, puts him in a crate with a four-leaf clover protecting the crate, preventing the, the leprechaun from getting out. And then uh, ten years pass for... Uh, Jennifer Aniston and crew find the leprechaun and, uh, you know, people die as they, uh, as he's, he wants his gold back, you know, he's stolen his gold. And, uh, so the second one, and then that one leads, it's weird. I don't think any of these, like, it's all 
I guess, the same leprechaun. I don't know that he ever actually says his name. He just refers to himself as a leprechaun, as far as I know. Although in the space one, it doesn't. He doesn't even. They they never even mention leprechauns. They just call him a beast or monster and all kinds of stuff. Um, but uh, the second one, second one's not not as good. That one, he's trying to find a wife, and then I swear, like the fat the uh, stuff don't doesn't line up well story wise. <laughs> Because I believe it says that he's over a th- like 2,000 years old or so in the second one. Whereas I feel like in the original one he said he was 600-something years old. Could be wrong on that. I'd have to go back. <laughs> but he's uh, trying to get a wife in the second one. And uh, the woman ha- he has to get a woman to... S- it's every 1,000 years he could take a bride. And uh, it's got to be on St. Pat's. And he has to make a woman sneeze, or she has to sneeze in front of him three times without someone saying, God bless you. <laughs> Which is kind of a funny premise. But that one's not as good. Not as good. Whereas the third one, I think, it hands down, The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, that is the... Again, though, I ha- I need to watch the rest of the Warwick Davis. I believe the other two films that do not feature Warwick Davis, they both have different leprechauns in them, and I don't know that they're actually even really even loosely affiliated with the le- other leprechaun movies, but there's Leprechaun Origin Origins and Leprechaun uh, Returns or something like that, and I believe they're basically just uh, maybe even reboots or I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen them. But uh, I imagine you can't get better than Warwick Davis. I mean, the personality and everything. He's If Warwick Davis wasn't in these movies, I mean, they'd be completely unwatchable. But uh, back to three, though. Th- that one takes place in Vegas, and that one starts out. There's a medallion that somehow turns the leprechaun to stone if it's, like, on him. And uh, this, it's almost like a Gremlins started the beginning like uh because in gremlins there's the guy uh selling the uh mogwai gizmo at the beginning and warning about all the things you know to don't to not do <laughs> and there's it starts out the uh, somebody drops off i was kind of half-assed watching these films i wasn't like intensely watching them i, I probably should have and taken notes so i could really <laughs> speak about it better now but uh there's somebody at the beginning that like takes this leprechaun to the pawn shop and warns about like the medallion and such and uh the pawn shop guy uh ends up taking the medallion off of the the leprechaun and of course he comes back to life comes out of uh the uh stone state and he's puck wreak havoc and hell and uh it seems like each movie too the rules on being a leprechaun kind of change a little bit like how you kill him uh like what the gold does for you like in part three like if you get like your hands on his gold like he can't hurt you i guess if you you're holding on to his gold or no i'm thinking of part two in part two you if you have like one of his shillings he can't actually hurt you. And then uh, in part three, I guess he can't go ahead and do that. 
but you can make a wish, like one wish with his gold, and then like you will receive that wish. And uh, of course, there's a a scene where he bites this dude, and uh, the guy that got bit. It's very much they mixed in too. Like you know, what we need some zombie like stuff in here. You know, they they it definitely seems like they uh mixed together genres of stuff. And like you know what? How can we work in vampires to the Leprechaun films? You know. And uh, and zombies, like, cause like there was a very much a zombie feature in like Leprechaun Three, where the Leprechaun bites a guy, then later on he turns <laughs> into a Leprechaun. Very much like you know any zombie film where a zombie bites you, you turn into a fucking zombie. Apparently, same rules apply for Leprechauns, so don't get bit by a Leprechaun, <laughs> unless you want to turn into a Leprechaun uh, yourself. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, there's some good, it, this, of the films that I've watched so far, that is definitely the best. Now, it's funny, this one was, uh, I thought this one was, like, again, not like the greatest film I've ever seen, but the best for the Leprechaun series of what I've seen, and, uh. There, there's some pretty funny moments with uh, Warwick Davis, but then you get to part four, which I haven't completely watched part four, but it is Leprechaun 4, uh, let's see, Leprechaun 4 in space. That's what just what it's called, Leprechaun 4 in space. <laughs> Apparently, from what I've read, too, uh, I guess the writer had just watched Apollo uh, 13, and wanted to do kind of a spoof on that. Initially, that's what the initial screenplay was going to be. But as it turns out, uh, it had nothing to do with Apollo 13 or any kind of spoof on it. And uh, that one is terrible. Fucking terrible. Same director, though. See, uh, as, uh, uh, as three. As the director of three is Brian Trenchard Smith... And he went on to direct <laughs> Leprechaun 4 in space. And, uh, yeah, he didn't do, he dropped the ball on that one. He had his fucking Magnus Opus, whatever you want to call it. He had, like, his, I you know, I haven't looked at his filmography. But as far as his Leprechaun films went, that one was his, uh, his Citizen Kane, if you will, his 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 big one, and then he just kind of like, ooh, yeah, I, I got nothing after that. He was done. He uh, he made this shitty in space movie, which uh, I've I've uh, I would say that in the Friday the Thirteenth uh, franchise, Jason X, the one they go to space, is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Uh, I thought number nine was actually Jason Goes to Hell was worse than Jason X, though, because at least in Jason X, it's Jason killing people. And number nine, it's it's a slug that like Jason's a slug now and inhabiting different bodies. It really doesn't have jack shit to do with Friday the 13th so much. It's some different stuff going on. I preferred uh, Jason X just simply because you got actually some Jason and him doing some classic kills. 
And uh, what I would say, though, Jason X, much better film than Leprechaun 4 in space. <laughs> much, much better film. Uh, that being said, I know that there's another big in space, and I haven't heard anything new about it in a while. I mean, the Machete trilogy was supposed to wrap up the Machete trilogy. It was supposed to be Machete Kills Again. In space. And they still haven't made that film. I'm saddened. That's what I keep... uh, As watching the Leprechaun in space, I can't help but think about that. I want to say, too, even there was the uh, Hellraiser film that was uh, Hellraiser Bloodlines, I think it was. Now, the whole movie's not in space, to be fair. But there's part of it that they go in space... That film, much better than Leprechaun 4. I think that was actually better than Jason X. Yeah, that was better than Jason X. That had some good shit in it. That was some some good dark kills. And they still had the uh, original uh, actor playing Pinhead, which, uh, is it Ed? uh, What is the feller's name? Uh, uh, Yep, yep, don't know. (laughs) Damn it. Uh, why don't they, uh, I want to know what, oh man, I'm looking at the classic movie posters of fucking Pinhead here. It's pretty great. His name eludes me. Oh, here we go. The back. Back one. Doug Bradley. I was thinking Ed Bradley. No, Ed Bradley's a news guy, isn't he? (laughs) Doug Bradley, that's the feather's name, the the original actor of Pinhead. Now he was he was great. He was still in Hellraiser Bloodlines, but uh, <laughs> it had some pa- space elements and uh, much better than Leprechaun <laughs> Four. If I could just you know have a movie where it's just Warwick Davis as leprechaun and just cut out the rest of the bullshit you know him just doing like throwing out lines and everything that seems much better because he's really the only reason to watch those fucking movies uh um 96 is when the hellraiser bloodline came out fun fact oh there's a there's a tv show um yeah doug bradley's still in that one what does IMDb have to say about that? There's a 5.2, so it's rated slightly higher. Well, the uh, Leprechaun 4 is rated at uh, like a 3 point something, whereas Part 4 Leprechaun's almost got like a 5. Like, it's pretty decently rated. Although I'm going to say, oh, is their bloodline probably better than... Uh, probably better than... Um, yeah, Leprechaun 3. Though, man, definitely the lines of Leprechaun seem to be the best in Leprechaun 3. He's just got some good shit. And there's a part where he's, like, dancing with Elvis and stuff. It's it's good shit. Uh, if, if you're going to s- suffer through the Leprechaun films, 3 is 1, you're not, it's going to be somewhat enjoyable. And uh, definitely would... Uh, <laughs> I'd go. I'd go back and watch it. Unfortunately, I got to go back 
didn't watch the rest of the films. I don't know that I want to watch the other ones. It's been hard enough to finish the in space one. That is that is ridiculous. Other than that, though, I I did before uh, going through Leprechaun in Space. It seems like it's been like more than a week since I did a podcast, but it seems like a lot has transpired. But I was uh, watched the Unsolved, I believe is what it's called, on uh, the old Netflix. It was originally, yeah, I don't remember who put it out. Uh, what television network did that? But, um. <clears throat> It was, uh, yeah, called Unsolved. It was, of course, following the Biggie and Tupac murders. And I want to say it's like eight or ten episodes, something along those lines. And it it was a interesting watch. Uh, as I've, I've known a little bit about the murders of Tupac and Biggie. And of course, uh, Tupac was uh, uh, killed first. And it was right after a Tyson fight. And, uh... <clears throat> There were, uh, was it 97, I guess? They happened uh, fairly close together. And, uh, oh, I guess it was, did I say 96 or 90? I guess it was 96 when it happened, when uh, Tupac was murdered. Uh, but he had apparently gotten into it. Tupac had gotten into a fight with uh, a feller. There was apparently, okay, Tupac, if you're unfamiliar with the uh, Death Row Records at the time, which Tupac was uh, the label that he was on under uh, Suge Knight, of course, was the uh, owner of uh, Death Records, the head of it, the mogul, if you will, or just the straight-up gangster, (laughs) whatever you want to call him. Uh, who's also a fun fact I was looking up the other day was also played for the Rams, I think, briefly. You uh, played football. And uh, anyway, Suge Knight was uh, the head of that. And the Death Row records they had given everybody that was, uh, I guess, an artist or involved with Death Row records, they had these big uh, gold chains with the... the whole uh, Death Row logo on it. The guy like in the electric chair getting shocked to shit. That's their uh, logo. And uh, they gave out chains with that on there. And uh, somebody, I guess, involved with uh, Bad Boy Records, which was Puff Daddy and uh, Notorious B.I.G. Like, uh, that was their record label ran by... uh, Sean Puffy Combs and uh I guess supposedly Puff Daddy had put out like a a bounty on death row chains and so people were they these crips were like stealing death row chains and then uh somebody had this particular guy Orlando I think it was his name had stolen somebody's chain and then Either right before the fight. I guess it was before the fight. Okay, here here's what it says on the Wikipedia page here. Uh, as as far as the murder of Tupac Shakur. He uh yeah, we know who Tupac was. He was a rapper. I gotcha. Ba 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 ba. Was a drive by shooting. Um prior events. Tupac Shakur Shakur attended the Bruce Selden versus Mike Tyson boxing match with Marion Suge Knight, the head of Death Row Records at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. 
After leaving the match, one of Knight's associates, Trayvon Trey Lane, a member of the MOB Pyrus gang based in Compton, California, spotted Orlando Baby Lane Anderson from the rival Southside Crips gang in the MGM Grand Lobby. And there's actually footage of that. I mean, they kicked the shit out of the guy. And uh, <clears throat> actually, Suge Knight, I think, ended up going to jail over that event because he was on uh, he was on bail. I think, or a parole, I guess. And they got him on video, like, fucking kicking the dude. So that uh, he ended up serving some prison time over that, which coincidentally he was in jail whenever uh, Notorious B.I.G. was murdered. It's a good watch, though. It's a good series. I think it's just called Unsolved. I'm going to pull up. There's this great thing on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Years ago, Suge Knight was on there. I don't know what year this was, but uh, he, he goes on there, and he is wearing a bulletproof vest, Jimmy Kimmel is, while Suge Knight comes out. And uh, he, well, I'll just, I'll just pull that up. Like, Suge Knight makes some suggestions that of murdering someone else and uh, makes Jimmy a, a little... A little nervous. And, uh, see if I can spell Suge Knight right. There we go. S-U-G-E, Suge. Um, I want just the clip, unfortunately. There's, a. Damn it. I wish I had, I wish they had. Oh, this might just be it. But man, he Suge Knight was one big motherfucker who's also in jail now for that. Uh, there was a murder thing. He like uh, shot a guy and then hit him with his car or something like that. I don't remember what the deal is, but he's in jail right now. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna come after me. I looked at his net worth the other day; it has dropped a lot. This guy had Snoop Dogg, fucking Dr. Dre, and Tupac on his label at the time of the Chronic. I believe the Chronic was put out on death row, and that is one of the biggest like hip hop albums of all fucking time. I mean, the guy had fucking money. I don't know how much he had at his top, but I'm sure Suge Knight was, you know, worth millions of dollars. Uh, but his net worth now, 600 grand, which is still more than I have. Still more than I have, but for somebody that was quite the big mogul as he was, some pretty crazy shit. Here we go. This I can't find the whole interview. I wish I could find the whole interview of him on Jimmy Kimmel, because uh, that would be uh, interesting to watch, because I just know this one little easy e-bit here. All right, hold on. It's probably going to play an ad. Why is it not? Why the bulletproof yeah. vest? Oh, it's not. Oh, no, that's just, it's a you know, style. It, You've been it, in the no, can no, for a no, while. No, 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 Talk to your host, Sir so, This is a new thing, right? Yeah. See, if somebody gonna do something about it, see, right. technology is so high, right? Right. So if you shoot somebody, you go to jail forever. So the kids, you don't want to go to jail forever, right? right? So they got this new thing out there. People sell them all the time. They got this stuff to call. They get blood from somebody with AIDS. Yeah. And then they shoot you with it. Oh, so well, that seems bad. Happen, that's yeah. a slow death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> easy, easy thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Way to lighten the mood. Wow. Well, uh, Suge's terror alert level just went. 
from elevated to high. <laughs> well, they, Jeff Ross was on that episode too, and he's like sitting on the couch. He's like backing away from Suge Knight, and they legitimately look scared. Well, fucking, I mean, Suge Knight has fucking shot people, and there's a. I'm thinking there is a good uh, <laughs> chance that you know he was. He may have ordered the Biggie Smalls murder. And uh, I don't know if this was before or after the Biggie Smalls thing. That might have been after the Biggie Smalls was uh, shot and killed. I don't know. I'm try- I've am i tried to look more up to on that interview. I just haven't, uh, haven't uh, really found a whole lot on it. Um, <clears throat> Supposedly, and now I'd heard that... Uh, People talk about like Suge Knight held Vanilla Ice over a balcony, like held him, hung him off of it, like threatened to kill him, I guess. But that's apparently like lore. Vanilla Ice is like said it's not true, but I don't know. Would you <laughs> would you want to admit to that? Like, oh yeah, Suge Knight, great dude. I don't know. I don't think he said he was a great dude, but he's denied the fact that Suge held him uh, held him over a, a balcony, apparently. <clears throat> Rocking the old Guinness again as I I uh, still have two more left I guess figured I'd uh, have one or two while I'm uh, you know doing the old show and uh, it's it's just not as good in bottles I prefer going out to a bar and getting it on tap it's just so much better you get the right pour just the right temperature you let it settle. And it's so much better. I mean, I'll drink it like this. It's better if I have it with something to eat. But, uh, like some corned beef, you know? Much better with some corned beef. But, uh, but yeah. Um, I would, I mean, I really liked it. I feel like I may have seen that Suge Knight interview back when it aired, but that was probably like, I don't know, early 2000s, late, late 90s, early 2000s. I'm guessing that was that had to be around then because that would have been that would have been after the Biggie Smalls murder, um, but man, yeah, I would be. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could interview Suge Knight for multiple <laughs> reasons. One, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to have, especially in that kind of atmosphere. Like, it's at a talk show. It's not like he's interviewing him like this, like in a podcast atmosphere where it's just couple of microphones like it's in front of the studio audience and stuff although that might be safer i guess <laughs> they probably have security yeah i guess in an atmosphere where it's just me and a microphone there's more uh more likely that you know problems could ensue uh <laughs> but uh i i do believe i they of course like they sort of tell you like they know who killed in the show unsolved that they know who killed Tupac. At least everybody seems to pretty much agree who killed Tupac. Uh, and, uh, Biggie, no one was ever arrested for either murder, but it alludes to in that show that they're pretty confident. They know who did that. Just like the people that actually pulled the trigger on both murders actually were dead by the time. Uh, they had enough information to go like after these people, and you can't convict somebody once they're dead. So that uh, 
kind of you know, screwed that whole thing up. Apparently there was quite a few people that died around that whole thing. Uh, <clears throat> that being said, uh, I, uh, I don't, you know, I'm not a big hip hop guy, but I like some stuff, you know, I like, and I like the old like nineties. I definitely like the, uh, California love with, uh, Dre and Tupac. Tupac was never, uh, one like I got big into, although I did love me some digital underground. He was in that classic, classic digital underground, man. The Humpty dance. That's good shit. And Digital Underground, while Tupac was still in the group, they were in the John Candy Chevy Chase classic, Nothing But Trouble, which is a weird fucking movie, and Dan Aykroyd's in there. Dan Aykroyd plays this really old as shit fucking judge. And I guess Digital Underground was arrested for some kind of uh, traffic violation or something like that going through their town, and to pay off their debt to society, uh, they're forced to play, be the band at this wedding for uh, the judge, Dan Aykroyd's character, uh, his his uh, daughter's wedding to Chevy Chase. Like, Chevy Chase is being forced to marry his daughter, which is John Candy, I bless, I believe, in drag. Um, <laughs> it's a weird fucking movie. But, uh, but Digital Underground's in there. And, like, fucking Tupac, man. He's all, he was like the DJ of the group. He's in there just jumping around. But uh, I definitely like Dre better than Tupac. I was never big into the, the Tupac. And fucking NWA, now fucking good movie. I believe we talked about it years ago when it came out, but straight out of Compton. I thought that was a good flick. Like uh, good old Ice Cube, man. Fucking NWA. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah. That, that's a good watch if you if you haven't watched that. It's, uh, it's bingeable. That did lead to help lead to my lack of sleep this week, <laughs> as I've just got a bad habit of like once I get into something and I have a hard time like winding down at nighttime. Like I can't just like uh, go from like working and then like say like try to do some programming or something or just reading and then just like okay I'm just gonna go to sleep now. Like no I gotta I gotta watch. I love just watching. Netflix and chilling with myself, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I don't usually jerk off while I'm watching Netflix, though. Uh, <laughs> but it that helps get my mind, puts it puts it at ease so I can shut off. Although I do run into problems, though, when I really get interested in something in a series and watching Netflix, like, I want to watch more, I want to watch more. Next thing you know, I've only got two to three hours of sleep that night, and work sucks the next day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And I do do like the true crime stuff, so seeing the, the Tupac Biggie stuff, that's kind of right up my alley. I think there's another one coming out soon. I can't remember what it was about. There's another good true crime, or it looked like it was going to be some good true crime coming up. Uh on uh, the old Netflix is uh I do need some more new new binging still haven't uh, you know ever had the desire to commit murder or any big crimes myself uh you know but I do watch like watching stuff about the things uh, and I do like it when they get caught <laughs> so I guess 
I guess I, I'm not uh, pro serial killer or anything like that. I'm just fascinated by the uh, the the stuff of it. It is it is uh, interesting to see like what gets the people caught. And uh, a lot of times, you know, as far as murders go, it's just people being sloppy. A lot of murders still go un- unsolved. But people get, uh, with serial killers at least, they get, it gets to a point where it's just so easy for them to, you know, it seems like they're always going to get away with it and they just make stupid decisions. But, I mean, you're killing somebody. That's already a bad decision anyway, so I... (laughs) That in itself is a stupid decision. Uh, <clears throat> but like there, that uh, oh, I don't even remember the name of it. But there was the guy that murdered his wife and two daughters, I believe it was. That was an interesting watch on Netflix. I talked about that one whenever I first watched it, and uh, the names elude me in the name of the fucking show. But that was a really interesting one because his wife was uh spent a lot of time on social media and filmed their family and so it was like you got to like really see like what was going on in their life because she had so many fucking videos that was very interesting so like these true crime uh docs are getting like i think it's just way more uh compelling i guess because you can like see more of what's going on you're not getting all these, uh, you don't need these dramatic re reenactments to show what happened because except for the murders I mean, they're not showing, I haven't seen any yet where they show the murders in these docs, but, uh, <clears throat> I mean, you get to maybe not the fights and all the bad stuff. People don't tend to really film that shit, but you can still see a little bit like with, with, uh, that particular one, um, Damn it. No, now I gotta know that what the True Crime. Netflix True Crime. There's a Tiger King. Oh man, Tiger King was so good. <laughs> I don't know if there's ever gonna be one that's like better than fucking Tiger King. Uh I'm still saddened uh that he wasn't pardoned. I don't think he deserved a pardon. But I'm saddened at the same time that fucking Tiger King didn't get a pardon because I know he would have gotten a show had he gotten a pardon. Pardon. I feel like somebody would have given that fucker. Uh, or at least his he would have gone back to filming a bunch of uh, YouTube because he's still got a YouTube channel. I could see that just being a huge, huge uh, thing. Pe- I know that people would have watched the fuck out of his YouTube channel had he been uh, pardoned. Damn it. Um, looking for it. I don't see. It's the best. <clears throat> Let's see. Do, do, do. Oh, American Murder, The Family Next Door. That's that's what the one I was referring to. That one was uh, Shanann Watts. That that was the wife's name that the dude murdered. That one, uh, 
There's some good stuff, though. I really didn't like that Aaron Hernandez bit because it really just seemed like uh, he's gay and he had a concussion. That's what made him do it. Like, I feel, feel like you can just lay out the facts. You don't have to start, like, making guesses and make it sound like this is why he killed people. I mean, sure. I mean, it's important to understand why people do the things they do, but it really seemed like they tried to say this is what, why he killed people. And uh, I'm going to say that's just not how I like to watch my documentaries, man. I tried to watch, there was another one, uh, Casting Jean Benet, and I I had to turn it off very quickly. It was annoying the hell out of me. It's like, I guess, um, it's like they're interviewing like actresses and actors around the area where the murder happened because I guess there was a casting call for reenactment <laughs> or something. I don't know, but it was like, yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm out. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. It's, uh, ooh, the evil genius one. That was another good one. That was about the pizza bombing. There was the pizza guy that had a bomb strapped to his chest that uh, went on to sp- spur the uh, Hollywood movie with Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Aziz Ansari which was alright and they had uh, shit Nick Swartzen and uh, yeah the guy from East Pounded Down <laughs> shit uh, my brain is not working due to uh, lack of sleep I haven't watched Eastbound and Down. Kenny Powers' uh, character, his actor, uh, played him. Danny McBride. That's right. Danny McBride. Uh, <laughs> fucking Steve Little on that show. Man, he was the fucking best. That character on there was fucking fantastic. Was, uh, I, uh, I need to watch Eastbound and Down again now. <laughs> show was so great. Uh, Kenny fucking Powers. Except for the last season. I didn't care so much about the last season. But, uh... But, yeah. 40. Oh, I did have, uh... At work, they did get me a, a, a gift. It was, a It was a toolbox, basically, for work. Which I needed a second one. Um, but... The best part of that, that gift was, uh... Joanna, my co-worker, had, uh, wrapped the present for me and she wrapped it all in uh paper it was the uh tissue paper and uh <laughs> she must have used like 20 to 30 different sheets of tissue paper and each I was really impressed with the overall work that went into wrapping this thing she must have used easily a whole roll of scotch tape and wrapping this. And like I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I say like 20 to 30 sheets of tissue paper and each individual piece of tissue paper was wrapped over the present and taped very well. <laughs> there was a lot of tape on each individual sheet of tissue paper. Like, it was crazy, and I just kept, like, uh, you know, I'd pull another one off, pull another one off. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like, holy shit, how many fucking sheets of paper do you have on here? 
It reminded me of uh, when I used to work at Michael's Pizza and Steakhouse back in the day. Uh, the uh, manager's son, Nicholas, came up with a great prank. And I've talked about this at work a few times, so that maybe they got the idea from this. But there was a girl that was a waitress there at the time. She wasn't the brightest, and uh, she was very attractive, though. But uh, <laughs> I guess you can be a little dim-witted when you're very attractive. Um, she uh, was a smoker. And Nicholas had taken her cigarettes, and uh, he we had a bar sealer that had we would uh, bar seal uh, fried shrimp, like popcorn shrimp, in uh, in these bags in like twenties. So whenever we had an order for it, we just ripped the bag open and toss it in the fryer, and you got you already know how much you're good. And uh, he took her cigarettes and bar sealed each cigarette individually in its own bag put it back inside the cigarette pack put a bag over the cigarette pack bar sealed it and then bar sealed her lighter separately in a bag and then put it like all in a master bag and bar sealed it so when she had to smoke she had to like rip open a bag just to get to the the lighter then rip open another bag to get the lighter out of that bag and then open <laughs> the bag for the cigarettes, and then each cigarette individually rip over the bag. She did not enjoy that. <laughs> I would have thought it was funny. I mean, that is some effort to go into. That was pretty funny. <laughs> but it might have helped her too, though. I mean, I would think that would help your. Uh, I mean, cigarettes are disgusting, horrible things anyway. But you know, it could theoretically, uh, you know. Keep the cigarettes fresher. Oh, Shelly just uh, got off work. Uh, as a, <laughs> uh, I feel like there was more something else I had uh, had to say as I'm trying to text message him. Uh, as I'm trying to message him, maybe he'll call in. As I'm, <laughs> uh. It is funny. I uh, I've shit on Carvana a lot because I was pretty unhappy with my experience with getting a vehicle through Carvana, as uh, my my cars had you know several things obviously that I feel that they really should have caught when they did their inspection, and I don't think they really did much of an inspection. They should have caught that there was bad motor mounts in the car and that the bad a bad fuel pump. I feel like those things. I mean, there's a code that fucking said there was a bad fuel pump. Like, what did they not scan the fucking thing? <laughs> and from what I, uh, at least one of the motor mounts was bad enough. Whenever they sent a picture, uh, uh, it was bad enough when they sent the picture to Silver Rock that uh, they agreed to actually pay for the motor mount, which Silver Rock is a bitch to deal with of course that's who does the fucking warranty through uh that they partner up with carvana but uh shelly is apparently selling uh his car through carvana and uh well they they made an offer they were the first and i guess i guess he are well it's not officially sold on wednesday i guess they come to pick it up so i get to see carvana again i wonder if it'll be the same the girl that dropped off my car she was pretty cool I feel like, but, uh, 
yeah, I've shit on them a lot, and I feel I feel like they deserve it. I I wouldn't recommend buying a vehicle through Carvana. Don't do it. Don't do it. At least not a Mini Cooper. I feel like maybe I would check with Carvana. Like if you're gonna get a car through Carvana, check to see about with their warranty if there's places near you that Silver Rock covers maintenance through. That's that's a big thing because you don't want to have to fucking drive you know an hour to go to a place just because that's the only place that Carvana or Silver Rock will cover uh, warranty repairs. It's a pain in the ass. Definitely don't get the extended warranty if there's no places anywhere near you. But if you get a Mini, Mini Cooper, there's nobody in their network that fucking uh, is known for working on Mini Coopers. It's just not not a thing. And trying to get them to pay for somebody out of their networks, I mean, it's like I had to call them several times before they would agree to let me take it to a mini dealership to get worked on. And then they still wouldn't pay for everything. So wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> they can eat my shit. They can eat the corn out of my shit. Although I don't think, well, no, there probably is some corn because now that I think about it, there is definitely some corn in my shit right now because I had ramen noodles, the cup of ramen this morning, and it had corn in it. So there's probably a couple of kernels in there. They can dig that shit out of my shit. Dig kernels out of my shit. You heard that, Silver Rock. You heard that right. <laughs> dig through there. <laughs> now that I just thought of There's a part in Leprechaun 3 where... uh He's in the casino, the leprechaun is, and he makes his own shit appear in this magician. I think it's the magician's hand. And it's just, it looks like shit, but it's all green. It's uh, pretty fantastic. And it, uh, you get the impression it smelled like shit. It's not a movie that, you know, they don't. there's no way for me to smell it. <laughs> I remember, I think there was a John Goodman movie where... Like, they had uh, a lot of weird things. Like, it, I think it might have been based on a true story, but they had, like, uh, a movie theater where it had different things. It was, like, smell of vision and, and such. But there was different things they would do weird in the TV, in the in the theater. And I am... I don't remember jack shit about the movie. <laughs> I'd have to go d- a deep dive on John Goodman's uh, IMDb to b- figure out what the fuck I'm thinking of here. Uh... <clears throat> But uh, oh, I did see the uh, Winter Soldier too, uh, or the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as that uh, first one came out, and uh, I uh, I did like I did like uh, what what I saw there, thought it was uh, pretty good, and uh, it I'm I am uh, intrigued to find out who the fuck the. Uh, Captain America is at the end because they say that there's a new Captain America. That's how it ends. Like, boom, they show a picture of him, and I don't think he's in any of the other Marvel movies or anything. So I'm, I want to find out. I gotta get, uh, I got next gives me something to get excited for. I guess next Friday is uh, find out who the fuck this Captain America is. As, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna. I might end up having to watch more shitty horror movies as uh now I've just gone through this deep dive with the uh, old leprechaun movies. Probably not though. 
I did see a great thing uh, earlier when I was watching some YouTube videos. I can't remember the name of the YouTuber that does this, but he does some great videos. Oh, well, I guess I can pull. I can figure out the who did this. There was a, a video on uh, <laughs> the uh, Forrest Gump sequel. Uh, there was the writer, the original writer of Forrest Gump, um, whose name eludes me. But uh, let's see here. Do, do, do. It is the YouTuber. Apparently, it was a while ago I watched it. Fact Fiend is the YouTube channel. This is a story of it's, a uh, cult nope, favorite. Oh. Damn it. They always got to start with fucking. Uh, I just wanted to pull up the video and. Ad started playing. Got some good audio there. Thanks. Thanks, not premium YouTube. Wish I could afford to have premium again. I hate all the commercials. Uh, Fact Fiend with Carl Smallwood. Smallwood's the guy that uh, is the host of it. And he's got some pretty good stuff. Does some good stuff. But he talks about uh, the uh, the writer uh, Winston, Winston Groom, I guess is the guy's name. Uh, and uh, apparently what had happened was he got fucked out of royalties for Forrest Gump and Hollywood does some uh, I forgot his terminology that he used for it but uh, if you just look at Forrest Gump and Fact Fiend you'll get some info on it but uh <clears throat> Hollywood accounting is that what he referred to it as, and they apparently a lot of times in Hollywood, even though like Forrest Gump made like that year, made like six hundred something million dollars in the box office, and was the with their Hollywood accounting, they considered it a loss. <laughs> the highest grossing movie of that year, they considered it a loss, <laughs> and because they had structured the deal with the writer that he would get a percentage of the uh profits on Forrest Gump, but they said, Oh, it was a big loss. We didn't win you, you don't get any you don't get any money. Apparently that's a fairly common thing to do in Hollywood. Screw people out of uh the money. You know, I mean it's big money. I'm talking six hundred million dollars and shit. And then you get like even a small percentage of that. That's a lot of fucking money. And so apparently he was uh, unhappy about that and actually w had to go to court and fight the fact that uh, Forrest Gump was a like a flop. Like basically to say that, yeah, they made a lot of money. Like the highest grossing movie of this year. He had to argue like made money. <laughs> He ended up, uh, they ended up, I guess, uh, making a deal out of court. And then he, afterwards he uh, <laughs> changed his tune on uh, the the movie and like dealing with the Paramount, I believe, is who uh, made the production company <laughs> that made Forrest Gump. Uh, don't quote me on that, but like uh, anyway, he wrote the sequel to Forrest Gump in, while going to court over the whole thing and they weren't paying him his fucking dues. And at the very beginning of the book, the character Forrest Gump in the book says like how shitty of a movie it was <laughs> and stuff. And apparently 
in the first book, there's a lot of stuff that's in the original book that they do not have in the movie. In the movies, like there's the movie itself's got very just crazy shit in it. I mean, if you break it down, I mean, he's there witnessing Watergate. I mean, he's there at, like all the major like events of the times. And uh <laughs> Oh, you know what? Hold on. I got to pull up some of this video of Fact Fiend. This like it's some pretty funny shit. There's uh Inisha. Favorite Forrest Gump moment. I really like it when he goes on a very long run for about three I'm a big years. fan of the run. Yeah. I know, I feel like sometimes we all just need to take three fucking years off. I'd love to. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Imagine just being like, you know what? Fuck this, three years off. Done. Forrest Gump is a feel-good movie from the 90s in which a mentally deficient man's childhood sweetheart dies of AIDS. <laughs> so that's it. That is a really bad, like, fucking hell. Forrest Gump. It's a feel-good movie. Life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, yeah that's not feel-good. How many of Forrest Gump's close friends and family fucking die in that movie? Adapted from a novel. Oh, that I just had to hear that part where he talks about... Family-friendly movie. <laughs> Guy with a uh, learning disability. Fucking wife dies of AIDS. <laughs> when you say it like that, it's fucking great. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Lieutenant Dan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but there, apparently there's some uh, crazy shit that they left out of that movie. Like him, uh, I forgot... What the deal was, uh, there was an orangutan or something that he was, he had met somewhere, but, uh, and, hold on, I gotta f- fucking find this. Uh, there's, uh, it's, uh Sue, Let's see here, Force Gump Wiki, Sue, <laughs> Aw, oh, damn you. There we go. This is, uh, fandoms fucking with me here. Let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah, because in the original Forrest Gump book, like, he goes into space and he's out, he meets this orangutan when he goes into space. Here it is. Sue refers to two orangutans associated with Forrest Gump's flight into space on the multi-orbital pre-planetary subgravitational interspheroid space flight training mission. Whew! It's a mouthful. Uh, Sue is the name of a female orangutan from the jungles of Suma- Sumatra or someplace who was planned to accompany Forrest Gump and Major Janet Fritch on a trip to space. This will be the third time she has flown into space after the arrival of the second male, Sue. The first Sue is never referred to again. See, it says male Sue after the flight is delayed for an hour. Uh, thought to be canceled but then restarted. Some confusion ends when Sue is found not to be present on the ship, but in her place is a more violent male chimpanzee. Love it. A proper name for him is not given. However, Houston ground control orders for the mishap to not be disclosed to the public lest least uh, we will all be made laughing stocks. Continuing, as far as you or anybody else is concerned, that ape is Sue. No matter what it's got between its legs, from that point on, the male ape is referred to as Sue. I wonder if that's the take of Johnny Cash song, The Boy Named Sue. I bet it has a... Anyway, though the male pronoun he is preserved, the male Sue causes havoc 
havoc on the spaceship, eventually causing it to crash into New Guinea. Sue and Forrest befriend each other as they work farming cotton for a tribe of cannibals. When NASA finally rescues them, Major Fritch decides to run off into the jungle to be with her lover, Grurk, G-R-U-R-C-K, Grusk, I don't know. And a tearful Sue yearning for this more natural habitat follows as well. Forrest meets Sue once again while filming a remake of The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Sue has been recaptured for use as a prop in Hollywood. Sue eventually grows to work at Forrest's shrimping business. And then comes the fucking sequel. Obviously, there's some crazy shit we missed out on with Tom Hanks and Orangutan. As that would have been pretty fucking... <laughs> I mean, the movie's great. I don't... I feel like maybe they would have ruined it putting that in there, but... Uh, and then in Gump, uh, Gump and Company is the name of the, the sequel book. And it says here in Gump and Company, the sequel novel, uh, Sue has gone missing with the failure of Forrest's shrimping business. It's apparently in the sequel, like, he loses all of his fucking money. He's got the number one shrimping business in the fucking world. He's got uh, lots of stock in Apple. Somehow he loses it all. But here it says, Forrest re-encounters Sue's during the Gulf War in Saudi Arabia alongside Lieutenant Dan, which they are fighting in the Gulf War. I guess he got some real good legs. Uh, Sue has learned to dance while Dan plays music. The two make money as a street act. Sue accompanies Dan, Forrest, and Sergeant Kranz in a tank which ends up in Baghdad. They capture Saddam Hussein and return him to base. However, they are told to return him to Baghdad as they hadn't been ordered to capture him on the way back after dropping off Saddam, an airplane destroys the tank, killing Sue and Lieutenant Dan. Oh, what the fuck? They killed Lieutenant Dan? Those fuckers. Uh, it says, <laughs> Though the male Sue is initially shown to be violent, he exhibits surprisingly human tendencies and abilities. He pours a jar of liquid onto the unconscious Big Sam to wake him after he fainted, expresses sorrow upon being told he is to be eaten by the tribe. Though he is not actually eaten, wears a straw hat and carries a gunny sack to plant cotton with Forrest and Major Fritch. And even communicates through making gestures and grunts, making faces and waving hands. Forrest is able to piece together Sue's life story. Uh, so Sue's life story. When Sue was young, his parents were captured and taken away. He had lived with, lived with an aunt and uncle for some time. Then went on his own. One day he felt curious about what was outside the jungle and ventured to a village near the edge of the jungle while drinking from a river and approaching uh canoeist hits oh canoeist hits uh, him with an oar and he is uh, captured and sold to be exhibited in Paris. His uh <laughs> companion in the exhibit was a female named Doris with whom Sue fell in love. Doris and Sue were displayed across the world in the process of having sex. Until a man in Japan purchased Doris and took her away. Sue becomes uncooperative and begins to misbehave and throw excrement and having lost his usefulness is sold to NASA. Forrest sympathizes with Sue partially because his love for Doris reminded him of Jenny. Kieran. Jenny, you and Doris and meet like me and Jenny. Uh, we missed some stuff out of the Forrest Gump flick. Holy shit. That is, of course, off... Uh, uh, you go to forcegump.fandom.com. It's on fandom.com. But uh, you go to the uh, forcegump.fandom.com 
forward slash wiki forward slash Sue for that information. Pull up Sue. Uh, but <laughs> Oh, that is fantastic. I did not realize it missed out on quite a sequel. They should just go ahead and make a, make a sequel with old, old man Tom Hanks and him and orangutan going to the Gulf War. Like, he was in Nam. The first Gulf War was in the 90s. Like, so he's, like, he was an old dude by the time, like, the 90s. What the fuck was he doing in the Gulf War? I'm, yeah, the timelines. Like, that's the, the part that should be off. Not, not the fact that there's a orangutan helping him fight this war. And Lieutenant Dan. I am very saddened to find out that Lieutenant Dan dies in the book. That's hurtful, but <laughs> barely like a uh, fact on fact fiend. He was basically getting the fact that this was his big fuck you to the studio. And part of the deal he made, uh, the apparently. So they say part of the deal he made is that they had to also buy the rights for a sequel novel for a sequel film. So he wrote that book just to get the money for the sequel. And it was kind of a fuck you to the studio and making just so outlandish and basically talking shit about the movie and the book. But man, that there's some, uh, sounds like there's some good shit in there. Some good craziness, psychotic craziness. Um, I don't think we'll ever see a reboot and I don't know that we should. I don't know that we need like a, a book accurate Forrest Gump series. I mean, it's such a beloved character. Apparently he even writes Tom Hanks into the sequel novel. I don't know that, what he says about Tom Hanks in there, but apparently there's some, I guess he meets Tom Hanks. I'm not sure. But I guess that's about all I have here. Is, uh, I need to finish this Guinness and maybe uh, watch the rest of rest of Leprechaun 4. <laughs> They're taking my shillings. You can't have my shillings. And I can't talk like Warwick Davis. I'm just trying to work a Irish accent. But uh, I guess, as always, that's a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.